Good morning, good morning. You are live. Good morning, good afternoon. Some technical difficulty this morning. You are live. Morning mix, Ellie Shapiro. And uh, so much to talk about. So much to talk about. I'm going to start off today with responding to one of my uh, one of uh, one of one of the pieces of feedback from yesterday. <clears throat> Unfortunately, this listener can't call in to comment. The times just don't work. But he argued that people should have a democratic right. People should have a democratic right to keep people in office for as long as they want. Why should there be term limits? I argued yesterday in favor of term limits. And he argued that term limits should are, are, are undemocratic. And unfortunately, he can't call in live, but his argument is definitely something that has to be discussed, acknowledged. My argument in favor of term limits is that unfortunately politicians become careerists. That's the problem. Politicians become careerists. It becomes a career as opposed to a duty, an obligation. Politics should be like jury duty. You have somebody who decides that he's going to become a, 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 a juror in, for life. Well, then perhaps that's somebody that we don't want as a juror. Cronyism, capitalism, uh, uh, cronyism, corruption, these are things that are inevitable, generally speaking. Will you find an example of somebody who was able to, you know, who, who's above it? Of course. Of course you'll find an example. But unfortunately, the reality is, is that they're, 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 they're a, they're a, they're an exception to the rule. They're an exception to the rule. So of course he argued that, you know, Rudy Giuliani was the greatest mayor of New York and he unfortunately was deprived a third term, even though he clearly would have would have been reelected, and then Bloomberg, Bloomberg, did get reelected for a third term because he changed the law. Okay, okay. So I'll read to you a piece from Wikipedia because I think it's, I think it's important to understand this. On October second, two thousand eight, Bloomberg announced he would seek to extend the city's term limits law. And run a third mayoral term in 2009, arguing a leader of his field was needed following the financial crisis of 2007-2008, which of course, be, um, which of course Giuliani could have easily done following 9-11. There was no greater crisis to New York than following 9-11. He didn't do that. Handling this financial crisis while strengthening essential services is a challenge I want to, I want to take on, Bloomberg said at a news conference. So should the city council vote to amend term limits. I plan to ask New Yorkers to look at my record and decide whether or not I have earned another term. Okay? Um, this was something that was perhaps considered to be... If I'm not mistaken, I'm just looking for it here. If I'm not mistaken, they changed it back. Did they not? Did they not change it back in New York? I'm not sure. I thought that they changed it back. 
that you can't I don't because um I remember reading that that what's his name? The current disgrace of a mayor um has not Bill de Blasio. I don't think that he has an opportunity. I don't think he's allowed to run. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't think he he's in his second term. It ends this coming November. They're having elections, November twenty twenty one. And I don't think that he has the ability to run again. I don't think he has the ability to run again. Bloomberg was definitely considered to be a, a, a decent mayor by most, for the most part, that he really just kept the status quo of of uh, Rudy. But um, regardless, the reality is, is that most people fall into this trap when you're able to enjoy the government's um, excesses and you have no responsibility. I know you have a responsibility to the voter, but unfortunately, unfortunately, the power of incumbency often clouds people's judgment and you become so entrenched and so corrupted. Even people, you know, last year, there were some major, you know, civil rights activists, Elijah Cummings, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry, Jerry, not Jerry, Lewis, Lewis, forgetting his name. These two congressmen, they they may have been civil rights activists. They may have had remarkable accomplishments. But unfortunately, unfortunately, this is what, what, what happens when you've been in power for so many years is you ultimately become part of the swamp, part of the swamp. And so I think there's a very strong argument to be made against careerism in politics. It is not what politics was intended to be. That is the reason. Politics is supposed to be like jury duty. And you wouldn't want someone who's going to be a juror in de- for, for uh, uh, that's, his, that's his official job. You wouldn't want that. That's, there's a reason why it's not like that. You wouldn't want that. That's not, that's not, that's not what, uh, it's not the, that's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want a person who's a juror for, forever. That's his full time job. Politics is supposed to be like jury duty. Nobody wants to do it, but everyone understands that it's their responsibility. So they serve their time, they do their they do their job, and it's constantly revolving, constantly revolving. That's the idea. The idea, you know, unfortunately, because it's so entrenched, because it's so corrupted, so you have to understand how the system works. It's not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be that corrupt. And what goes on in Israel, goes on in Israel, is an example of careerism. You can't even really enter the system and without you know you, there, there's no you can't just launch your, your candidacy in america at the very least you can launch your candidacy you can primary somebody one of the topics today actually we're gonna because another another one of our listeners asked me to elaborate you know i mentioned yesterday that the that the uh there's a recall there is a recall of governor gavin newsom and you know, maybe we'll just talk about it now. I was gonna I was gonna discuss something else first, but maybe we'll, it's, it's a good segue. Gavin Newsom is under recall. One point three million votes, well, uh, signatures have already has already have already been collected. They need one point five. They've tried to make it very difficult, very difficult. You know, Gavin Newsom just announced that he's going to be easing easing the state's lockdown. The state's been basically under a lockdown since the very beginning. Nothing's worked there, which means that they're, they're just utterly useless, utterly useless. They have their mask mandate. And I mean, the numbers keep on soaring. And 
And of course, the point, the point that I'm making is that, is that the government is useless. Not that there isn't anything that we can do about this virus. I think, I think there are things we can do, but no one's even interested in discussing those. And it's not the topic for today. But the fact is, is that Gavin Newsom is facing a very, very serious issue. So let's discuss California for a moment. Okay, let's discuss California for a moment. California is 40 million people, and it stopped growing about 20 years ago. Businesses have been moving to other states, Florida, Texas, many other states. I've been getting the business of, 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 you, you know, you see Arizona's been turning purple and Colorado and all sorts of states, which used, used to be red, are turning purple. Nevada, because of California, Californians. They've been moving and they've been keeping their, 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 their voting. I, I know that, I know that, that Abbott of, of, uh, of, of, um, Greg Abbott, not Jim Abbott, yeah. Uh, uh, Abbott of, of Texas has argued, no, no, we're, we're, we're not losing the, the reason why California, Texas has nothing to worry about. I disagree, but this is what he claims. In any case, the point is, is that businesses have been fleeing California. There's no opportunity to build new homes in California for the middle class, only for million dollar plus values. Are you able to put, you know, are you able to build a middle, are you able to build a home? California has no opportunity for the, for the middle, there's no opportunity for the middle class to, rec- to reclaim California. So for all these reasons, and we're gonna we're, we're gonna elaborate. For all these reasons, there is a recall for Gavin Newsom. Now, the last time a recall recalls are are not such a common thing, but they did happen about twenty years ago. Governor Gray Davis, Joseph Graham Davis, was recalled in 20, 2003. He only won his election by five points, which in California for a Democrat is not very much. So he knew that he was really on on thin ice, and then he lied and he raised taxes, which infuriated people. They had to get to a million signatures, and they got they got it. So what happens once you get the signatures? So now, so now let's discuss this this recall for a moment. What happens once you get the signatures? So what happens is is it, is it goes to a ballot, and there are two questions on the ballot. Should Governor Newsom be recalled? Yes or no. If yes, which of these candidates should be elected? If he doesn't receive fifty percent plus one, meaning a majority. Not that he has the majority of the votes. Then it goes to an open election. Okay? It has to go to an open election. What does it mean open election? Anybody can run. In the last time, in twenty in 2003, 130 people ran. And of course, we know that Arnold Schwarzenegger won and became governor. Now, we hope that somebody better than Arnold Schwarzenegger will run and become governor in place of Newsom. But this is a very serious thing for Newsom. Because Newsom doesn't really care about being governor of California. Newsom's, Newsom's aspirations are to be president. Newsom comes from big money. Okay, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not, um, he's not one of one of the common folk. And Newsom is he's pure San Francisco. Comes from a very wealthy family. He's supported his whole life by Pelosi and Getty families. So Newsom isn't 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 interested in really being governor of California. He has aspirations. This ballot, though this um, this recall, has been fueled by people who are generally apolitical. One of the reasons why it's so threatening is because it's not a Republican thing. These are businesses, small business owners, restaurant restaurateurs, restaurant tours. The different people that are 
that are fed up with Newsom. See, Newsom has three major problems. One is his his COVID policies and his, his inconsistencies. We have to remember the French Laundry was is the most exclusive restaurant in California. At the French Laundry, Newsom had a twelve was, was, the the bill. It wasn't just him, but the bill came to twelve thousand dollars for the meal and sixteen thousand dollars for wine. Could you imagine being a struggling Californian, a small business owner, shut down by these draconian measures of the of the of of the of these tyrannical leaders? And yet and yet this man with lobbyists, three doctors from the California Medical Association, everyone's told to stay at home, don't dine in and sacrifice, but not me. Not Barbie doll Ken, Governor Newsom. No, no, no. Next was the Democratic supervisor, Democrat supervisor in LA, Sheila, Sheila, Sheila Cools, I think her name is. She dined in at Santa Monica restaurant shortly after voting to shut down restaurants. Okay, so people are, 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 are fuming over this clear, braze, clearly brazen attitude. That these politicians have. Now, as we've discussed, some will argue it's hypocrisy. I argue that they're just simply lying. I don't believe, I don't believe that they believe these things. I think that they're just a multi, uh, you know, it's a, it's a mix of virtue signaling and, 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 and simply, uh, they're, they're high on their own power. But regardless, however you look at it, however you shake it, people are angry. Next, you have the California, California forest fires. The forest management. Yeah, they stopped killing and clearing dead trees years ago. What happens when you have all this dead tree in the, in the, in the, in the, in the forest? Well, it, it's tremendous fuel for fires, which is an ecological catastrophe from extreme environmentalists that have made living unhealthy. They've had major, major fires and, 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 and it's avoidable. It's their environmentalists. And then you have another, a third scandal. A billion dollars, and this is just an example. When somebody is above the law, when they're above the law, they don't have to worry. Billion dollars were spent on unemployment for prisoners, the CARES Act. Prisoners heard about it and decided to capitalize. This is a fraud on a massive, massive, massive level. It's a major scandal. So people are angry about all these things. And then there's another answer, another reason. And we discussed this also. Is it loosening up on, on criminals? The district attorney for LA, uh, Gascon, if you recall, Gascon has loosened up, loosened up the, the prison sentences. No, 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 no bail, no jail. If you've been found guilty by a judge or jury of beating up, of beating your wife or child abuse, or somebody, not you, obviously. Somebody has been found guilty. No jail, no bail. Aren't Democrats the party in favor of the downtrodden? Why aren't we protecting these women and children? Statistically speaking, they're going to keep doing it again until someone gets seriously hurt or killed. And Democrats have also joined in on this, on this, on this recall. Not all Democrats are socialists and not all Democrats are actually gaining off the current situation. So this is a major issue for Newsom. It's a major issue for Newsom. 
And if Newsom is recalled as governor, I mean, he can basically kiss his aspirations of of uh, the presidency goodbye. That's the honest truth. It's very hard. I mean, you know, the media will do their their do their will do their bidding, but it's a very hard thing when you've been disgraced in your in, in your in your first term. Your your this is this is an inaugural term of, of as governor. If you've been if you've been removed as governor of California, now. Now, let's not forget that California is an example of something. Okay? California is an example of something. What is California an example of? California is an example of a state that at one point had the most promise of any state. California was a state that was run that was run well. I mean, it, everybody was moving to California, not just because of the weather, not just because of the weather. They were moving to California because California had government that answered to the people, was responsible. It was somewhat of a paradigm for the middle class. The middle class were thriving at one point in California. Who are the middle class? Who are the middle class? I want to discuss this for a moment. Who are the middle class? Because you have to understand what California is a, simple, is a symptom of. Who are the middle class? Do we define the middle class by wealth or values? Are millionaires also considered to be middle class? So, an article in Forbes... I try to find articles. You should know. I try to find articles written in the in the pre-Trump era because that's when you can get an opinion from somebody that isn't clouded by by TDS. It's like I'll I'll I'll, I'll try to find articles on masks and um, the spread of asymptomatic spread of virus of of, of coronaviruses and all sorts of other contemporary discuss, conversations I try to find articles from science predating February 2020 because that's when things started to change and no I don't believe that they discovered that they learned new things I don't believe that I have a very hard time believing that I would believe it maybe if I if I see that somebody is out, open and neutral and other and you know and in other attitudes that he has towards this virus and he's saying it maybe I would believe a certain individual but as a general rule if I see if I see articles written in the last ten months about these topics I'm probably going to dismiss them I don't believe people have made a 180 I don't believe that so I try to find articles written before the Trump era this is an article from 2015 I'm not going to read the article out but there's different different quotations I'll read. So who are the middle class? So he asks us, who are the middle class? So American middle class became, as a social class, became popular post-World War II. There's the upper middle class, which are mainly college-educated professionals. And there's the lower middle class, of which are less educated. We'll get into maybe these, this discussion here, but less there's less work autonomy and generally require two incomes to support their families. It's, okay, the, Elizabeth Warren actually has a book that she wrote, again, before, before the whole era of identity politics, before she became some crazy radical, 
she wrote a book about about the I think about, about the about the middle class, the disappearing middle class thing, whatever it's called, and and she actually gives some uh, some um, cogent arguments as far as how the middle class came about. And, and, and what it's done to America as a whole. It's very interesting, you know, again, because she, that was before, that was before identity, the identity politics, that was before the, the social justice, it was before everything. You could actually get an opinion out of her. But Marjorie J. King, who's director of the Center for Cultural Studies and Analysis, a think tank in Philadelphia, which consults with Fortune 50, Fortune 50 companies on issues such as class, she was quoted as saying, contrary to popular opinion, middle class has little to do with wealth. Middle class is a mindset that rests on the platform of education, decision-making, upward mobility, faith in the future, and in the power of self-determination. Upward mobility. That's a... Uh, upward mobility is uh, the term we've used. You know, we talked about upward mobility. That's how that's how Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, described President Trump in the early 90s in a book. He is the exemplar of upward mobility of the of the American dream. Upward mobility is a term that's synonymous with the American dream. Upward mobility. The definition matters, King said, because it affects how Americans see themselves. When people can see this is far more than money, it focuses on the right stuff to attain and maintain middle class membership and mobility. It's not about the money. Money is an outcome. As we'd say, it's a it's a it's a, it's a simon. Money is the outcome. Money is an outcome. It's about the mindset that sees people as centers of the wealth and stability in themselves, with careers or professionals rather than jobs, opportunities for advancement at work and in the social marketplace. See, middle class is not about how much money you have in your bank account. It's a matter of how you view yourself and your capabilities and your potential, and that's just that doesn't just mean you know you know pop pop you know pop psychology ideas. Those are those are those are these are these are these these will determine a person's outcome. If a person believes that his future is within is within the realm of possibility, it's dependent on his on what he's doing, then he's going to try to make it happen. If a person doesn't believe that, then why bother? Stephanie Genkin, an independent financial planner in New York City, said, once upon a time, middle class income provided for for a middle class lifestyle, a home with a car, a TV, college education for the children, and a vacation once a year. Genkin added that income inequality has become a national concern because if people fall out of a comfortable income level, and then see no hope for the future, the values the middle class hold dear will fade. It's a cause for concern for politicians because if we don't believe the same thing as a nation about hope that anyone can make it in the United States, we lose those values. The middle class is the only... I don't say we metric, but the only method of how democracy will succeed. Without a middle class, people have no hope. There's no hope. 
We've talked about the idea of we've talked about the idea of um what should we call it? I'm blank here. Um I, come to me. Uh without 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 a middle class, without a middle class, without a middle class, uh there's no hope. It's just it's just it's just as simple as that. Oh, we've talked about the idea of of of, of capitalism existing within the construct of morality. That's what I was gonna say. Capitalism has to exist within the construct of morality. Okay? When you have a company that decides it's going to move overseas, so that's a conversation maybe within within the within the uh, executive offices of that of that company, how it treats its people. We talked yesterday about Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell has taken care of every single one of his employees in completely throughout the last year. There is not one complaint that an employee of his can have because he has made sure that despite all the the, the despite the destruction of the last year, he has made sure that his employees were 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 paid in full. And then you have Amazon and we can talk about this every single day. Is this thing that should infuriate us? We should. We should. This Amazon is is a game, Is is trying to block a vote of unionization. He doesn't want his his employees to unionize. Now, which of the media, which of them, which this is a little bit of a tangent. I wasn't planning on going here, but you know, again, this is how it goes. Which of the media would you believe? Which who? Which of these people would you believe from the media are, are that they that they want us to recognize as the, as the supreme individual? Jeff Bezos or Mike Lindell? Mike Lindell is a is a devoted Christian. Mike Lindell he's, he talks about God constantly. Mike Lindell is an example of the American dream. Mike Lindell was was a, was a recovering addict. Okay, I don't know exactly the story, but I know that he has a story there. He was a recovering addict, and he found God, and then he had an idea, and he took the idea. And he became a multi, multi, multi millionaire. Which country on earth could you imagine such a story like that happening? If people don't have the hope, you know, our sages tell us, Chazal say, A person has the ability to define their destiny. We believe that. There are parameters, perhaps. It's a conversation, not for now, but, but the idea that a person is responsible for themselves, self-fulfilling prophecies, his idea, it's, it comes down, it comes down to will. It comes down to will. But if you don't have that will because there's nothing giving you that hope, that will, then what are you, what are you aiming for? And this is, and if we think that this isn't at all connected to what we're seeing around us today, then we deserve what we get. Because that is the exact point. California is does, is, a, is is an example of what happens when the middle class and its values aren't valued. California, you have the super wealthy and the peasant class. That is the goal of the left. That is the goal. They don't want people to have the middle class values because that gives hope. This, the reason why they are doing what they're doing now 
is the exact same thing. I know it's a very hard thing for us to, to us, for us to understand this, but they want yeah, whether or not it will work is a different question. But they ultimately want California, the whole world. They want the world to be reduced to two classes. There's the uber wealthy, and then there's the peasants. It's all there are. There is no middle class because middle class brings hope. And if there's hope, there's democracy. If there's hope, there's revolution. If there's hope, well, then the middle, then the upper, then the upper, then the upper wealthy and the uber wealthy individuals are not talking about the upper middle class. No, the uber wealthy. Well, then they don't have the power that they, that they, that they want to yield. We have to understand this is all connected. If we want to turn into California, the recipe is 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 in front of us for, is in front for all of us to see. We have a choice. We have a choice. What is what? How we are going to define our future? Israel never even had a middle class up until you know twenty, thirty years ago, depending on on you know, different factors. Didn't exist. There was either the uber wealthy, and then there was the <laughs> everybody else. You know how much the, the middle class has changed the culture of Israel? You know, it used to be in Israel that Israel was, Israel was always a leftist government virtually. It was almost always a leftist government. Merits. Yeah, almost always. Mapu. Every, everything was always left. Something changed. We're not going to get into now how, what exactly happened, but something changed. Something changed. What changed, what changed was, what changed was, People's wealth structure changed. And wealth, as we said, it was just a symptom. It's when people have wealth that their values change. They're comfortable. You know, there's all sorts of topics that this can, that, that, you know, that can, that can come from this. When a person isn't struggling for, for, you know, what, one of, what, one of the reasons why, I don't want to get into the, all these things, but I'll just I'll share this one idea. One of the reasons why we are even able to have a conversation of shutting down our world for a virus that's 99.95% has a 99.95% survival rate is because to put it in the words of Jordan Peterson we de- we are deprived of deprivation I, there are different ways that I would say it but that's, I think it's a good line we are deprived of deprivation when you when you're no longer struggling to put food on your table it used to be that was the struggle how do I stay warm how do I put food on my table when you're no longer struggling for, to, for the basics, so then you can, you can, you can dream. You can dream. You can think about upward mobility. You can be concerned with other matters. <laughs> we're so privileged today. We don't understand. Wait, we, we don't want to talk privilege. We're so privileged today. We don't, under, we don't. We don't even appreciate how privileged we are. The fact that we could even shut down our world for a virus that's ninety nine point nine five percent survival rate that just shows. How, just how little we have to worry about. This is, it's all connected. It's all connected. Look, we can, we can revisit these, these topics. We will revisit these topics. But let's not think for a second, let's not think for a second that, that this isn't the goal. California is the goal. And the, and the people unfortunately in the upper middle class, and the people, unfortunately, in the upper middle class, they just, they just, um, 
they're 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 they don't even they don't even understand this. They're you know what we discussed before is the, the how we define the upper middle class people who are more educated. You know, it goes back to our conversation yesterday. The educational system has indoctrinated indoctrinated these people. They don't even understand what they're what they're what they're voting for. I drove somebody who I, I mentioned this story on the, on the air, but I drove somebody who was waiting on the phone the entire drive on the phone for the whole whole hour, excuse me, whole hour. Um, and I asked her towards the end of the journey, I said, uh, you know, what are you waiting for? And she said, I'm trying to book the vaccine. And I said, oh, and she said, yeah, I said, I said, you're, you know, you're rushing, you know, it happens to be, maybe she's in her sixties. So she said, yeah, I'm, you know, I really want to get it right away. So I said, I said, okay, you know, sure. No problem. I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting into these things with people. And she's, and she said to me, you know, you know, all of my friends are all telling me that I should get it. They've all rushed to get it. All of our, you know, they're all, they're, they all graduated in the, and I was, I was, you know, I was in a, she said I was, she was in a, a uni, in, in university when she was in university in Israel, she was in university and, uh, and, uh, all of her classmates came, you know, turned out to be, um, very successful in different Israel in, in, in Israeli society in different in different fields, and they're all in the you know what we call the elite elite classes in Israel, and they're all rushing you know they're they they're very they be, they believe strongly in this vaccine and they're all rushing to get it. They're all rushing to get it. The people who are in the upper middle classes, they have created most of this problem because they've bought in. They so desire, they so desire to be in the class above them. Everybody always struggles to, 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 to try to be in a class above them, themselves. Yeah, the, 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 you know, the, the reason why people in the middle class are, you know, the, the middle class, they often feel like they don't have enough because if you're, you're never, you're never living in the class that you're, that you, that you can afford. You're living in a class above. So when you look around at the people who are you're surrounding yourself with, you never have enough. This will, you know, I'm going to use this as a segue though. Different ways. There, there, I, I wanted to, to, I guess we'll, we'll today's, today, the, last, the rest of today's show, we're going to talk about two different things. One is the lower middle class, maybe what the, what they're, you know, what there is to do. But before that, I want to play a little clip here. This is a clip of Joy Reid. Joy Reid is an example of somebody that, isn't affected by her own policies. Joy Reid had some homophobic tweets a few years back, a couple years ago, whatever it was. And of course, she just came out and said that, oh, somebody took my phone and sent those tweets. It wasn't me. So she wasn't canceled like she obviously wants everybody else to be. This is a short clip. This is a clip that's that's, that's um, descriptive of, 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 of a major issue here. Let me play this clip. This is uh, this clip. This is a little background. This clip is of the inauguration program on Jan, on Jan, uh, on of uh, the new administration. This is the inauguration clip, inauguration program. So she is she is being hosted on uh, by uh, on uh, on what's what's her name, Rachel Maddow's Rachel Maddow's show. Okay, so you have to bear with me while this clip clip. If you want to uh, if you want to hurl and 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 you know throw up, I I understand. Let's just play it quickly. 
Lawrence O'Donnell. We've been watching this throughout. Uh, Joy, let me get your reaction first. I went through um, half a box of Kleenex, but I made sure that I saved one in case you said anything that was also going to make me cry, because at this point, I'm just a faucet that can't turn off. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, I, I was mostly dancing around uh, and singing along uh, to the extent that I could, that, that I could, that I could keep up with the lyrics. Um, I have to tell you, um, I was a bit worried about this inaugural having a feeling of just being the resistance to what we saw on one six. Just be okay. I, I, I'm going to pause for one moment here. One six. <laughs> one six. This is what they're doing, okay? This is the left. One, we'll do it. Does anybody know what one six is? 9-11. 9-11. We know. We know what 9-11 is. What is one six? One six was the mostly peaceful protest, people. That was one six, but that's not how it's being portrayed. It's being portrayed as though it was, was a seminal moment. Okay, we're going to continue playing here being just an answer to that and sort of being defiant, uh, you know, I was sure it would be, and being this sort of an attempt, and we talked about it earlier, to sort of grab back, you know, the traditionalism of an inaugural. But what the organizers of this event managed to do is that they gave us that, which we needed, right? We needed an answer. We needed that resistance. But they also gave us joy. They gave us fashion. They gave us celebrity. They gave us hope. We had an incredible inaugural earlier in the day where we saw the first black woman, first Asian American woman, first woman, period, vice president, you know, do the walk, get sworn in, do all of that great stuff. We saw Joe Biden, who's lived his whole life for this moment. Look at all he's lost and all he's sacrificed to get here and have this chance to really change the country in a profound way. They did that thing. They did all of that. Then they went to work. They did a work day. They gave us a a press conference where there were no lies, where it was like, oh, right. We got the opportunity to rediscover what it looks like to have a real normal administration, like aggressive normalcy. Was that what we were calling it today? We got that. And then when we got this, we were reminded that the thing the right hates the most about Democrats is that Democrats have the culture. Democrats have the culture. They have the Hollywood culture. They have the glamorous culture. And the right hates that. They feel that the culture is too woke. It's too multicultural. It's not John Wayne anymore. There's all of this multiculturalism and wokeness and liberalism, and they hate it. But they also envy it. They also wish they had it. And they hate the fact that after Ronald Reagan, they no longer had a claim to the culture. They want the culture more than they want the politics. Hmm. And so this was... Okay, that's enough. That's enough of Joy Reid. They want the culture more than they want the politics. They're envious, etc., etc. You heard it. You know, <clears throat> we just got through an election that at the very best, you know, at the very most, you could say that it was basically 50-50. I believe, obviously, that the president won much more. But, but you know, you're talking, you know, 49, 51. It's a, it's a president we read last week. The president left office with a 51% approval rating. The country is, at the very most, I believe it's more, because obviously there's a suppression of information. And we've talked, we know this, that people don't even know about the, the president's accomplishments. But, but really not getting into that. I want to take a different angle. And, you know, each, each topic that we bring, one of the comments that we got from, 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 
uh, one of our listeners um, on as far as Monday's show was you know this direction we took for for the education for the topic. And, I, and there's there's you know there's always different angles, different vantage points we can take. But I want to want to take one thing she said there that that the, the right are angry about uh, about how the left has the culture. The left has the culture. That's what we're told. The left has the culture. Yeah, I didn't know that. You know, it's, it's, so, it's so nice to know that Kamala Harris is, a, is, is, is you know, is a woman, and and, and women, womanhood is is valued. We're not going to talk about that. I want to. This is an article coming. There are different articles about the same topic, but I'm I'm going to read different pieces here. But I'll try and make it quick. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is a site that has two different, um, two different ratings system. Okay. The honest thing is, I actually don't think I've ever been to Rotten Tomatoes. It's just nothing that I, I really needed to 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 visit. But I I've heard about Rotten Tomatoes and I read about Rotten Tomatoes, and so I'll, I'll give a little bit of background. Rotten Tomatoes is a site that offers um, the, uh, ratings for movies, so it'll give a critics rating and it'll give a an audience rating. What's amazing is that very often there is no relationship between the audience rating and the critic rating. Now, you'd think that there would be. You'd think that they would pretty much be in sync. Maybe, you know, maybe the critics have a a little bit of a different edge on things. You know, they have a, a different understanding. But you wouldn't imagine the disparity that exists. This is an article... Written in 2018, again, I try to find little some articles that aren't that aren't current. As someone who has been a harsh critic of Rotten Tomatoes for quite some time, this week feels like a good week to point out the site has been dropping the ball lately. It's obvious that Rotten Tomatoes has become a place seen as the be-all and end-all of film opinion. You see it in movie advertising. This movie is a high score on Rotten Tomatoes, certified fresh. Then you go watch the film and wonder if these critics even watched the same movie you did. On the flip side... They also like to hear a film, they like to tear a film to shreds and proclaim it to be a disgrace. Yet you watch the movie and you have no idea why they were so upset about it in the first place. The reason why you have such a discrepancy between critics and audience is one reason. Politics. Hollywood is an industry that doesn't even pretend not to be political, yet lie constantly about their intentions. However, the problem is much deeper than that. I mean, has anyone noticed that when talking about RT, I don't know what that is, the movie site, not the Russian propaganda channel, no one ever talks about the audience score. And why would you? Why talk about the what the people who paid their hard-earned money actually thought about the film when you have the selected opinion of Collider and Vox to tell you what to think about a movie? If The Shape of Water winning Best Picture, a story about a woke mute woman with a gay neighbor teaming up with a kind-hearted communist and strong, independent black woman to rescue a fish man from evil U.S. government. Okay, I'm going to skip the next line. Isn't a big enough example that critics and the industry, for that matter, matter don't have their finger on the pulse of what people actually want. That one, that one best picture, okay, that one best picture a few years ago. Then you and Stevie Wonder... Have the same eye doctor. But even then, 
I'll give you five recent examples of where the critics got it wrong, whether intentionally or unintentionally. He writes, it's likely intentionally. Okay, so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just give you a couple, a few examples, and I've never, I haven't seen these, but let's go to the first one here. Death Wish. Critic score was 13%. Audience score, 86. You knew this one was coming. I'm not even sure if I can call this a polarizing movie because there were many liberals who watched this movie and enjoyed it for what it was. A throwback action film pulled straight out of the 1980s. However, liberals are not the same as progressives. And it was the progressives whose blood pressure went sky high at the notion that a film could be positively received by a group of people who may have a favorable view about their constitutional rights. Make no mistake about it. Progressive critics wanted to sabotage this film, and it's not hard to spot who those people were. They are the only ones who always tell you about what film is time to make and what film is not the right time to make. These people care more about a controlling about controlling the narrative rather than, the, than judging a film in the window of being a film. With a 73% gap between what fans thought and what the audiences thought, there really isn't much explanation for this one outside of someone had an agenda. But this wasn't the only film where the bias of progressive critics was exposed. And he has a number of examples here. I, I don't really have appreciation for them. I'll give you another one here. Okay, uh, can I get, can I read this one out? Uh, okay, I think so. I don't know. Let's see. Bright. Critic score is 27%. Audience score is 85%. Now, I didn't think this film was great, but you have to ask yourself, what did critics miss about this film that fans seem to love? From my perspective, it was, it was two things. One, Max Landis became a hashtag MeToo victim. Victim in the, in the sense that he was added to the long list of accused before the film's release. Secondly, reading a few mainstream opinions, it sounds like the film wasn't political enough for them. Numerous critics cited the messaging and social context of the film, but were upset that the film didn't go far enough with it. Well, audiences didn't care about that garbage because what they saw was bad boys with magic. They liked the fresh idea of a universe that had elements of fantasy along with the gritty realism of current day Los Angeles. It was a simple and enjoyable movie for audiences but that wasn't enough for critics. I'll just let this audience reviewer tell you how they felt. Okay. Um, these over-analytical conceited puff bags that can't get enough of this... Okay. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Okay, I'm just going to leave that at that. The point is, is that we've asked the question before. Are polls... Are polls intended to be inaccurate or is there a a fail or are they failing at what they do polls throughout the last four four years 2016 2018 2020 polls were very off not even close florida was supposed to go several points for biden wisconsin was supposed to go 17 points for biden i mean you can give the list are they are they simply wrong? Are, is, do, uh, is there metric? Are the, the system of how they create their polls, is it wrong? Or is it intentional? What's called a suppression poll. Don't They don't want people to come out to vote. There's no reason to come out to vote. It's not even going to be close. Why bother wasting your time? 
They don't want people to donate money because you're going to waste your money on a, on a losing a losing campaign. Why would you do that? Why would you throw your hard-earned money away? They're, they're shaping and manipulating people's minds through these polls. And that... And that is, they're shaping and manipulating people's minds through these polls. And that's the crime. If they were simply getting it wrong, like the politicians simply not being able to, you know, stand, uh, uh, to withstand their own rules. So maybe we can cut them some slack. But that's not what's happening here. That's not what's happening here. They are intentionally they are intentionally attempting to to manipulate people, but they can't do it. That's what the Rotten Tomatoes audience reviews, audience rating tells you. And what should anger us about what Joy Reid said is not that the left has the culture. It's that 10 to 15 percent have the culture. If, 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 the, if, if the movies, if Hollywood, if whatever, you know, whatever you name it, the, the mainstream fill in the blank, if they were representative of 50% of the country, well then, maybe, maybe we could have a conversation there about whether or not that's good, that's, that's, that's a good thing, it's a wise thing, it's a healthy thing. But that's not the conversation. They don't have 50% of the country. They have 10, 15% of the country. That's it. They have an extremely radical agenda today. Shape of water. I don't even remember how I described it. Okay? I've heard about it. Shape of, the idea that that should, I remember as a kid growing up, I used to, I used to watch the Academy Awards and, and aside from being a great show, and, and somewhat familiar or more familiar with the movies that were being played, they also the, the movies themselves they, they they had substance. They weren't they they it wasn't indoctrination. It wasn't indoctrination. They weren't you know they didn't have to remake Ghostbusters with an all women cast or whatever it was. I didn't I, you know they didn't have to do this. It, they weren't trying to brainwash everybody. They were making movies that the public wanted to see. Money is no longer the, the 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 reason why it's values. It's values. They want to signal exactly where their values are. But this is an effort to manipulate people. It is an effort to manipulate people. It's one of the reasons why I don't believe that the president lost the election. It's one of the reasons why because I don't believe that seven that 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 fifty percent of the country are that are that blind. I just don't believe it. I believe that that something was, you know, happened in the election. I don't believe it was anywhere close. The amount there, there was, as somebody who's who's who who reads a lot of you know different people's opinions, I never saw. I virtually didn't see anything except for the Lincoln Project, which was an abysmal failure because of how many uh, th- there were different metrics to, to, to judge Lincoln Lincoln Project. I didn't, you know, there was very little. Um, on the left of people who decided they weren't going to, that they were, that they were conservatives who were changing their minds. How many, 
How many red pill examples are there, were there of people who due to the president over four years went from being a Democrat to, a, to, a, to, a, to at least a Trump Republican? How many hash, uh, walk away movement had half a million people on Facebook? That was just one example. People's individual political evolution occurred over the four, last four years. There is no way that if 63 million people saw the, 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 what, what, what Hillary was, there's no way that they didn't see what Biden was. What is Biden? You want to know what Biden is? Here, we're going to play a brief clip of, of, of what Biden is. And I don't mean the, the fact that he's a, of the fact that he is a, uh, in, you know, potentially is himself a radical in certain things. You know, of course, they always try to present him as something else, as the moderate Joe, Joe from Scranton, Joe from Amtrak, Joe. But listen to this. There's a little, a little, a little clip here, a little clip that was put together of Joe Biden in the last, uh, I don't know, I guess it was was yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was. Here, let's just play this quickly here. We expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some of it will come as early, begin to come in early summer, but by the mid... The, the point of this of this clip here, yeah, is again, this man is, is, is suffering very clear cognitive decline. The stenographer, the stenographer of, of, of um, Obama, he was a stenographer, Mike McCormick, a former White House stenographer from 20, 2002 to 2018 insisted that Joe Biden's cognitive abilities are 50% of what they used to be. Veteran of Bush, Obama, and Trump White House and author of Joe Biden Unauthorized made the astounding remarks while speaking on War Room with Steve Bannon. Listen to this clip here. We expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some of it will come as early, begin to come in early summer, but by the mid, by the midsummer that this vaccine will be there. And the order, and, and, and that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50%, from 400 million order to 600 million. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans by end of the summer, the beginning of the, of the fall. But we want to make, look, that's, I want to repeat, it'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans. <laughs> that's right. Can it be enough to vaccinate 300 Americans when you have 600 million doses, 300 Americans? And, 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 and it's not technical. Oh, you know, he just, it's 300 million Americans, not two, not, not 300 Americans. Please, please. Yeah. This, this is not somebody who's healthy. And we're expected to believe, and we're expected to believe that the country voted for him. The country can see through all this when it comes to television. They can see through all this. The the media record, uh, the, the 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 ratings of the media right now are like twenty three percent of people trust the media, but their hatred of Donald Trump just drove them over the edge. Come on, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe that they can see the truth that clearly, and then and then and then and just hate him that much. I don't believe it. But in any case, that's what we're told. We're told this. There's a, there's, there, there, there is a, we're, there's a manipulation. There's a manipulation here. There's a manipulation and the, and the manipulation is for an agenda. There's an agenda. Why is there an agenda? 
Why are they not representative? Why are they not representative of the people? How can you have such a discrepancy, such a disparity between what the people and what these cult, these cultural experts believe? How's it possible? The people ultimately are the real judge. One of the reasons why I believe that people are, are, should be given more credit than some do, that they're smarter than some people think, is because I wasn't a supporter of the president in 2016, and people were. The people were. Middle America. The people saw the president beyond how he was being portrayed. The people saw the president beyond how he was being portrayed, and they understood the issues that are being, that, that, that they're constantly under attack for, and they voted for him. That simple ability to see something that I doesn't, that, that I couldn't see tells me these people have an intelligence that might not be, might not, might not, might not, um, show up on an IQ test, but it's in many ways far greater. It's in many ways far greater. We can't dismiss it. We can't dismiss it, but the left wants to. The left wants, they don't care if there are 330 million Americans and, 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 and there are, you know, only 60 million that fit whatever bubble, you know, whatever description, 90 million fit whatever it is, and the other 250 million should be off to the concentration camp. They don't care about that. And that's, if anything, that's their goal. It's not representative. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to put the other topics away for now. There are lots to talk about, but uh, that's the end of our show today. We hope you have a great day. And look, uh, we've, we're, we're, thank God, seeing numbers climbing on different uh, uh, podcast sites. So I don't know how it works exactly, but I guess if you, if you, if you can like or leave a comment, I'm curious to hear or send the email. Currently, the email address is realtalkisrael at gmail.com, R-E-A-L. T-A-L-K, Israel, I-S-R-A-E-L, at gmail.com. Send an email, info. So no, is that true? No, sorry, excuse me. It's realhugisraelgmail.com. Send an email. Tell us a little bit about who you are. And uh, we'd like to we'd like to connect. So that has been our show, The Morning Mix. I'm your host, Ali Shapiro. We hope you have a great day. And please, God, we'll be with you again tomorrow. Bye for now.